Welcome back to Respect the Process. You can always count on at least seeing the two of us to know it's Respect the Process, but you never know what back alley you might meet us in. Do you remember the episode of Frasier where uh, Frasier was saying, you know, if none of the pieces match in the, of the furniture, then that means it's high class. You know, if, if they're nice pieces, they don't have to match. Yeah. They stand on their own. Well, that's kind of the show. We don't have to have a regular set. No. It's wherever we go. That's why they do this. They know we're the one show that we are going to just, we're going to deliver 100% every show, regardless of where they put us. Uh, We have great teammates, and we're thankful for it. We do. I mean, that's, I mean, again, look, they were, they still are able to come up with all this. I I fully expect for you and I to be an (laughs) Etch-A-Sketch sometime. That's, that's about our level, but. They're giving us better than that. It's like you're joking. A refrigerator box. Like uh, somebody gets a big new appliance. Guess That's where right. we're going to be next week? Exactly. My new home. I Thank know. you. Okay. So speaking of this coming week. Refrigerator uh, boxes. Okay. So you, you will not be on the call for the Alabama game. Doing the pregame. It, yep. I'm doing like I've done home games this year. Yeah. Cause uh, you're, and because you're also going to be. I am going to be down in uh, Destin. Yes. Uh, oh, darn. I have uh, to fall on the sword and go to. Destined for the week, and they'll do the game on Friday mm-hmm. against Ohio State for Alabama basketball. And then um, J.D. Byers, a buddy of mine, will be doing the play-by-play on Saturday uh, with Brian Passink on color. Uh, depending on win or lose in the other bracket, it'll be uh, Santa Clara or Oregon. Okay. So good game on Saturday for basketball, but I get to be at the Iron Bowl and excited about that. Iron Bowl, Chris. Iron Bowl, Chris. Ready That's right. Be there, do a pregame interview on Radio with Coach Saban like I normally do, and then I'll do the um, post-game, excuse me, I'll do the TV show post-game. And if it goes well, we'll be doing it from the field at Jern-Hare Stadium. If um, there is the Chris Davis equivalent type of play, we'll be doing it from a bomb shelter somewhere (laughs) underneath Jern-Hare Stadium. Like okay, we did I, 10 years ago. I'd meant to ask you, um, okay, because last week we were talking about, we were talking about Kool-Aid. Yeah. And you had said that um, it was on that one particular punt return, and you and you said Coach had corrected you about when you said he had gone out of bounds, but instead it was a player Well, who, no, it wasn't. It went out of bounds, but okay, he, yeah. he dropped it. Yeah. And he said that it was, um, it wasn't me directly, but he had said, you know, that it was, a lot of people thought it was a drop, but really mm-hmm. somebody had gotten knocked into him or he'd been uh, impeded in yeah. some way on that. Because well, what I wanted to say is I, I was thinking about that, and you, you work with Coach Saban pretty closely. I mean, you're one of the few people who has a lot of access to him, particularly during the football season. And when you talk to him in pregame interviews and even doing the Nick Saban show, I mean, you all have a rapport with one another, and he knows what to expect. He, I would think, has to have more patience with you versus when the national sideline reporter comes over and asks yeah. questions coming off at halftime. I would think so, but here's the, the difference. And I'm, I make no apologies for this. I'm, when I'm doing that, you see me doing that, I'm, I'm not a journalist. The ones that are doing that yeah. for the network, they're, they're journalists. They're yeah. trying to... They may be going a certain angle. They may be looking for a certain response. They may want to lead a certain way. That's not my job. All those years I did the sideline reports, there may have been three times in eight, nine years, whatever I did, 
three total times where I said something other than, Coach, your thoughts on the first half. <laughs> because yeah. two things. Number one, Coach is going to say what he wants to say, right. by and large. So understanding that, with it, it being the Alabama broadcast, we're mm-hmm. there to, to tell the Alabama story for Alabama. We're, we, being Learfield, Crimson Tide Sports Network, we're contracted by the university mm-hmm. to tell the story, but tell it on their behalf. Uh, you can't sugarcoat things when things are going poorly, but you also are not working the game from the same perspective that a national broadcast or a regional broadcast right. may be. You're their broadcast. So that being said, I'm putting it on a tee for him yeah. and giving him a platform to say what he mm-hmm. wants to say. So I can ask this question that may or may not be going the direction that he wants to go, or I can simply say, coach your thoughts on the first half and let him go. Right. Uh, and again, I don't apologize for, you know, I did apologize for that. The TV show virtually every week, the the way I even phrase the questions, mm-hmm. you know, if you put together, for lack of a better term, a highlight tape of my work on there, <laughs> it would be almost the same thing yeah. every week. Mm-hmm. And again, I make no apologies for that. He knows what to expect from me. Mm-hmm. He knows that I understand it's his show. It's not mine. I'm not trying to throw curveballs. Yeah. Um, occasionally, I'll vary subtly, but it's always done in a way for him to tell the story the way he wants to, and especially to try to put a positive angle yeah. on what's taking place. Um, people aren't stupid. You can't say that something was great when it wasn't but at the same time you can give a you can get from him an educated answer the most educated answer on why things didn't go well and really just by asking his thoughts too because and we and i wasn't bringing up for any specific reason i just thought about that and then you know you have the holly rose and the come over and it's not always a pleasant exchange back and forth but then again they're asking him as you said more objective and sometimes more critical questions than what you are and coach will be the first to admit now when he's when he has an agenda and he has in mind what he wants to say Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what you ask him he's gonna say but and this is truth i've joked about this before you could say something along the lines of you know, Coach, isn't it a beautiful blue sky today? Well, I don't care how red the sun is. Right. We've, you know, he's going to go where he wants mm-hmm. to go. Now, is he slightly calmer, more? Um, I was gonna I'm say not even sure. He, himself or at ease. Like, I think he. It, that's happened over time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, okay. uh, there's. There's less of an edge. There's not less of a desire to win. Mm-hmm. There's not less of a desire um, to get his message across. But there, there are areas where he is far more patient than he used to be, yeah. and he'll he'll let things slide just a bit, at least on camera. Yeah. And you know, I'm not saying there haven't been times over the years where I've I've maybe gone up a, a route or two that uh, he hadn't hesitated to stop tape and tell me I went the wrong route. Yeah. That's happened less than a handful of times on, <laughs> on all these years uh, and hadn't happened in quite a while. But it's, it's not his responsibility 
to do the show the way I want to do it. It's my responsibility to make it as easy as possible for him yeah. to do it the way he wants it. We've got a guide. We've got some guidelines. We've got some things that he knows we're going to try to get in every week in a certain way. We'll go about it. Yeah. But again, it's it's not brain surgery. I'm not trying to uh, figure out who shot Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not dealing with any of that stuff. It's trying to let him give his message to his people. Yeah. And, and that's tra- my job yeah. to help him help facilitate that as easily yeah. as I can. And not trying to trip him up or slide yeah. in a fast one or anything. Okay, last week's game versus Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. We had a punt return for a, touch- a touchdown. We did indeed. Real All time. right. Uh, and pretty much everyone answered the bell. It, yeah, they did what they were did. supposed to. And as you said, it was the starters did what they were supposed to. The backups were able to come in. Everyone was able to get some time on the field for the a, most part. It was a beautiful day, yep. fantastic weather. I ran into no fewer than 25 people who told me, hey, it's my first time at a ball game. Yeah. And we talked about all that last week. It's, you know, there would be a lot of people like that. There are, there are a lot of people that brought their kids that may go to games on a regular basis and even work at Alabama and work in athletics, mm-hmm. but they never bring their kids because it's it's crazy tough. Yeah. But there are a lot of families there. Mm-hmm. Was it near capacity? No. Yeah. Uh, was there as much of a student attendance as there normally is? No. That's okay. But the people that were there aren't going to forget it. Chattanooga's kids got an experience that yeah. they will always talk about. Uh, and most importantly, Alabama played well, got out of there healthy. Yeah. I, I thought it was terrific that the front-line guys played at the level they did so that those backups could get yeah. in and get their opportunity. And guys got snaps that probably never have and never will again. Yeah. So I, I, went to, I went to a mid-major. I went to Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to one of the football players one time, asking them what the difference was between you when you have a mid-major or even a small school uh, playing the likes of an Alabama. And he said, ones versus ones, most times we're pretty even. Yeah. However, when the next 11 come yeah. in and they're still ones versus our ones, he said, that is where a lot of the drop off right. is because we just don't have the depth of talent that Alabama does. Because as we said, even when the starters came off the field, the next ones up were still able to, you know, as we said, answer the bell and how many times have we seen it and heard Coach Saban talk about it that the best competition his team would get over the course of a year was in practice Monday yeah. through Monday through Thursday? You know, the, the number of guys, especially in the the twenty teens, mm-hmm. yeah, in the midst of all those championships and obviously still playing and winning a West as they did this year. But you know, you've got NFL future NFL linemen right. on both sides of the ball going against each other. Uh, future NFL quarterbacks and, and DBs facing NFL secondary yeah. guys. It's a, it's a great challenge. It's where they actually get better. And it's why Coach talks about if you're looking for playing time, go somewhere else. If you're looking to compete to be better day after day mm-hmm. so that you can be everything you're, you want to be and be ready for the next level if you're talented enough and you're willing to put the work in, then come to Alabama. If you don't want to compete – on a day-in, day-out basis, Alabama's not for you. But if you're willing to do that, yeah. you got a, you got an opportunity, and you're going to know who you are by the time you finish your, your three years or yeah. four years at Alabama. I have this vision of, of, of Cedric um, 
because Saban's bat guy. Yeah. Uh, first of all, having to go to Home Depot and buy all the, the rat traps that were on the shelf. And now I have this vision of him, like, trying to figure where he left them all, yeah. picking them up without them snapping on him, because yeah. I have to imagine the traps are gone. Traps are gone. I got a feeling those were managers. Probably. Although I just like Cedric. Yeah. I love the image of Cedric going to Home Depot. Yeah. That's a good one. Just clearing off the shelf and putting that them is, on the cart. That is good. And then the the hype guy in the background afterwards oh, against yeah. Kentucky. That just was right really there. good. That kept running over and over. Still saw one as early as today or as recently as today. Those That's are funny. good. But yeah, the uh, the rat traps were the rat traps are they gone. Yep. Uh, and that is the thing about this week is, you know, Coach may have had to talk a little bit after Auburn uh, dropped their their game against New Mexico yeah. State, but not to the veterans, not not anybody that's been around for any length of time, especially kids that grew up in the state mm -hmm. that know the history of the rivalry. I had a chance to speak to the Monday Morning Quarterback Club in Birmingham today, and along with Andy Burcham, and, awesome. and I said, you know, don't. Don't think that most of us were fooled by that. Y'all that was that was cruel the way y'all tried to sucker our guys in to believing that <laughs> you know, that you're not any good because I know exactly what you'll play like on Saturday down on the plains. They do it all the time, especially down there. Well and you know, today coach said specifically Coach Saban specifically said in his press conference on Monday that uh, the ability to stop the run is gonna be critical. They're gonna mm -hmm. be physical up front on the line of scrimmage, um, and play really good technique because this is, I mean, it's its an important game. Sure. It's a big game. Um, but would you say that Alabama fans are nervous? Or what is a better word to describe how Alabama fans feel about having to play in Jordan here If again? you're smart, you're nervous. Yeah. Because of the things I talked about. And also the fact that Auburn looked really good for the three weeks before this yeah. last ball game. Look, you know, Coach Saban dealt with this his first year. Mm -hmm. Um most coaches deal with it the first year. The worst thing that can happen to some teams is having success mm -hmm. because they think they they think yeah. they've got it figured out, and they find out they really don't if they don't take care of business week in and week out. And week in and week out means Monday through Thursday or Monday mm -hmm. through Friday before you get to Saturday. Yeah. So I think that's a you know huge teaching deal. The the thing is, by the time practice wraps up today down at Auburn, they're done with New Mexico State. That's history, and now they know, you know, we win this game, we've wrecked things for Auburn, and they'll they know what they'll be remembered as in <coughs> excuse me in Auburn history or whatever, and you know the next to wreck something special going for Alabama. That's the opportunity. Mm -hmm that you have when you win that game, even if your season's not going well or exactly the way you want it to or you played poorly the week before, you know, I remember, heck, Alabama lost to Memphis before Memphis was any good. I think maybe it was um, either barely beat Memphis or lost. Bill, uh, it wouldn't have been Bill Curry because Coach Curry never beat Auburn, but there was there was a game where more than one, where Alabama's mm -hmm. had their hiccups and then all of a sudden they look better against the Tigers yeah. because the game just has, it has different meaning. Yeah. And I think that Auburn may have overlooked New Mexico State. Some guys may have to look to Alabama mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Again, that's now. Now it's that week, and they're ready to go. Well, I mean, and let's will sh- be. we'll shift to Auburn because today, uh, Coach Freeze's press conference. I mean, he used some strong language by saying that. Excuse me. He was disappointed by the effort. Blamed I know himself. Where you're I know. I know. Uh, blamed well, himself. Auburn fans use strong language on Saturday but night. Calling it frustrating, sickening, disgusting, nightmare. Yeah. And then talked about accountability and owning it, and and owning the performance. Uh, and, and as you said, trying to turn the page. And I think baseball right. players are probably better than anyone at turning the page because they have so many games that right. they, they have to do that. Um, but that was about as bad as you could imagine down. And, and you imagine if they had recruits there, too. Well, of course. Yeah. But see, the, I always think that that's an easy sell because you go, here. you see why we need you here? Yeah, I guess. You know, you can use, I mean, that's an easy flip of things you know do you see why we need you so badly here and you know um so i don't think i don't think that is that big of an issue uh from a recruiting standpoint you know i I just don't think one kid one visit for a new mexico state game is going to be you know that meeting would be swayed certainly not somebody that's a major difference maker for you that all being said um I don't think New Mexico State is a horrible football team. Uh, by no means, they you came know, in it, there. It's and they, not like they lost to a three and eight team. They lost to an eight and three team. That, granted, it's New Mexico State, uh, Auburn should not lose to them. I get that, but it, it's not a horrible football team that they lost to. Auburn played horribly. Yeah. But but they're they're not a horrible team. No, but I mean, and Free said that he saw it in practice Wednesday and Thursday, that yeah. he, and then even specifically saying he told his wife on Saturday that he's like, I don't think we're ready for this yeah. football game. Yeah. And I, and obviously this is his first year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not technically his team yet, uh, in terms of the all of the players that he's yeah. working with right now. Uh, but I, I just not the way. Again, you want to get the mindset ready to take on a team that has been in in Alabama improving every week. Again, now, not that I'm trying to sugarcoat what happened. And as an Alabama guy, I'm are. glad. I it, think you are trying to sugarcoat I will, it. I will remind you, you that I will remind you that Alabama Nick Saban lost to Louisiana Monroe his first yeah, year. Do you remember that? Yes. So that was not as good a team as the no. one that. Auburn lost to at home. Different circumstances, and I'm not sitting here telling you that I think Auburn's about to go on a historic run over the next 15 years. I'm simply mm-hmm. saying that uh, it can happen, especially in year one. If this yeah. is year three and you lose that ball game, then you got concerns. Right. You know, you're unhappy about it, but again, you win this ball game Saturday against Alabama. You think they're going to oh, care? You've righted every wrong. It's so, yeah. not going to matter in the least. Uh, Freeze went on to say that, I mean, pretty much the same thing Saban said, that they're going to have to establish the run game in order to have any success. Yeah. So that that looks like where that is going to be. Um, Take pressure off the quarterback. And, yeah. Because that, they, don't, they don't have the talent there to hang it yeah. on the quarterback's neck to, and, and ride him to a win. So they better get some balance and. Um, find a way to slow Alabama down. If you give up 31 New Mexico State, then you know you would think Alabama has an opportunity to be even more successful yeah. offensively. But there's absolutely no guarantee that'd be it. 
I'm curious because we have heard that this is the 10-year anniversary yeah, I've heard of that. the Kick Six. My therapist where told was, me. I where was Chris about Stewart it, 10 years ago? Oh, God, I know exactly where during I was. the Kick Six. Told today the quarterback club. I was standing probably fewer than 10 yards from uh, Adam Griffith. I was on the sideline. Talking about as he was warming up. Uh, Eli, I was do, I was the sideline reporter at the time, and Eli was was talking about. You know, looks like they're going to put a second on the clock, so Alabama have a chance for a Hail Mary. And I had him to Tom Stipe, our producer, to I said, bring me in. And so Eli brings me in. I said, Eli, Adam Griffith's warming up right in front of me. I said, I think I think they're going to try the kick. And Adam had not been the primary kicker, I don't think, at that point. Okay. Um, so, uh, but he would handle the longer kicks and mm-hmm. so he's he's lined up in the angle that I had I remember trying to use the body English to try to turn the the <laughs> kick left because it was a little bit right yeah, when you lean for him. yeah I was yeah. trying to lean it to the left and get it through and saw it wasn't and I hear Eli describe you know that Davis is underneath and he, he catches it you still you're not that concerned as he starts to bring it back initially but I remember audibly I'm not on air for this Thank goodness. But I I remember audibly saying, get him on the ground, get him on the ground, get him on the ground. Mm -hmm. And there was a massive humanity between me and where Chris Davis got to the sideline that was players from both teams. And I couldn't see him. And I assumed in in a second's time. I assume they forced him out of bounds because it was the opposite side of the Mm -hmm. field from what I was on. It was on the Auburn sideline. And I remember going, get him on the ground, get him on the ground, get him on the ground. Got him out of bounds. And then all of a sudden, there's that pile of people still here. And I see one guy in blue coming down the sideline with a football. And I remember going, no hell they didn't. (laughs) And, And he's still going. And I... Forgive me, but I said, I'm getting the hell out of here. <laughs> and I headed for the locker room. And uh, did you do, did you do a post game interview with him at the time? Yes, oh. I had to do it. <laughs> had to do it, and I had to do the uh, the TV interview. I had to do the TV show. Oh, uh, let me tell you. <laughs> I told I told this today too. Uh, I pray it's as close as I ever come to knowing what a pool reporter in Parkland Hospital felt like <laughs> when Kennedy got shot because there was so much stunned disbelief. Mm-hmm. And I remember going, I have no clue oh, the what humanity. I'm about to. It was the Hindenburg crashing. It was all of those terrible, tragic things in history. Do you just go... Coach, thoughts on the second half? I wanted to just, uh, uh, you know. Because you and I have both, you and I have both had to have uncomfortable either interviews or conversations with coaches or players. That is just yeah. what happens when you work in this business. You have to address the elephant in the room. Sure. But that is the height of just, especially because you said you're a fan. Well, you're I'm not a fan. Just, and, and you're a stunned And you didn't fan. just lose a ball game. No. You didn't just lose to your rival. 
you lost to your rival in the most bizarre manner mm-hmm. you possibly could. Didn't think it was possible even. And it kept you from history. Mm-hmm. Because back then you only had two teams that got in to the championship. Um, it was only the next year that we went to four teams, which is amazing. Because think about this: if we did, Alabama and Auburn probably would have played in Pasadena for the national championship. That's nuts. That is nuts. Alabama and Auburn at the Rose Bowl for a national title—that would have been absurd. Can you imagine? Um, it would have made no sense. No. The fights that would have taken place. Uh, Southern California wouldn't have even known oh, what to... If planes had been able to fly all the way across country, Alabama and Auburn fans trying to get there for the title game, oh, it had been terrible. Can't even. So anyway, it still wouldn't have been as bad as not getting to play <laughs> for it. But um, it was... It was crazy, and then doing the show afterwards with Coach, he was phenomenal. I mean, he's a he was he was great. I was a wreck. I have no clue what I asked or how. Um, he's not Bobby Knight, who would have just no, gotten up and left because and would have yeah. made my life miserable right. in the process, no matter what I did. He was very, very poised, analytical. Um, Handled it incredibly well. Me, on the other hand, I was a mess. That's one of those for for those those of us who are, are either a fan or have lived in the state. It's that you will never forget where you were yeah. when. No doubt. Uh, because I, at, at that point, I think I had three two year olds and a five year old, and I, they needed baths. And my husband was like, "I want to give the kids a damn bath." Uh huh. I was like, I'm going to go make sure the kids are okay. Yeah, I'm going to go go make sure that I do still hear them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to make sure. Uh, it was uh, not fun. It's, uh, I just, that is a, you are a true professional to be able to. Uh, I, I will tell you what I do, especially looking back on it now and with what's transpired. Um, about three days after the fact, I reached out to Rod mm-hmm. Bramlett, of course, and, uh, I said, I'm sick that it happened. But as your friend, I'm so thankful for you that you did the moment justice. And that was a broadcast coming on the heels two weeks earlier of the the Georgia, the prayer at Jordan-Hare. Rod, we had no way of knowing that we were going to lose he and Paula so tragically and fairly soon after that. But his legacy was cemented. Oh. There always will be that. You know, Jim Jim always had some great calls and some monumental calls in, in the rivalry, but that became Rod. Rod was truly the voice of the Auburn Tigers after that. And, uh, again, I wish it hadn't happened, yeah. but... Um, was happy for him that that was a moment he got to have. And that is what I'm always so impressed, is not even the word, in all of all of you who have 
the, the amazing job of being able to call these games, that you have the clarity and that you have the ability to articulate what is going on in a moment where everyone else is almost rendered speechless. Well, it's one of those things where, you know, you can make a great call technically and you can deliver it right. You can say the right words and everything. But if your team doesn't win, yeah. hardly anybody's going to care. Uh, and different guys do it different ways. I'm not one that's, that writes something down and scripts what I'm going to say. Well, and especially in a moment like that, that's not a script that's ever been written before. No, but I'll tell you, you know, Jim Nance is as good as it mm-hmm. gets. Uh, Hall of Fame, literally Hall of Fame broadcaster and one of the most recognizable names yeah. and voices in our business. He he writes his final mm-hmm. national championship or maybe almost every game. He's got a card and yeah. it's got the thing. Remember when Duke and Butler played for the national yeah, championship? It looked like Duke had it won and they did win it. That was the night uh, my triplets were born, by the way. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Different memory for you. Yep. What was the card for yours? Anyway. So, morphine. Uh, morphine yes, was morphine. On the card. More morphine. Yes. But he's got that card in hand because Duke's got it won. But then all of a sudden, the guy from Butler lets fly from beyond midcourt mm-hmm. and almost banked it in mm-hmm. to win what would have been the most amazing. Yeah. Cinderella, comeback, dramatic finish ever. And you could tell he's almost like grabbing for the other card yeah. for a split second and then also realizing that card may not fit the moment. Right, exactly. So for me, it's part of the challenge. Yeah. Um, we have nothing to do with the outcome. We as broadcasters have a responsibility to tell the story mm-hmm. whether your team wins or loses. But at the same time, um, you want to get it right. You want to do it justice. And yeah, we know if we get it right, it's probably going to be yeah. around for a while. Yeah. You don't know. There are times where you, you don't have a clue. And again, I shared this today. The Texas A&M thing for me last year, you know, uh, I've said, oh, mercy many times on big shots mm-hmm. and big plays. But who mercy at the end. Um and let's get out let's of here. Get out of let's here. get out of here. Literally just came out of my mouth because it's how I felt. Oh. We'd survive. We're supposed to beat them 100 because we had all the, we're better than A&M. And, and the stuff that had happened with Jimbo and Coach during the offseason because of Jimbo's mouth. Um, I had said with no apologies, I wanted to beat them by 100. And then I wanted to go for two after we went up 100. <laughs> um, and then onside kick it if there was time left on the clock to yeah. try to get one more. You couldn't beat them bad enough. Yeah. And now here we were on the verge of possibly losing. And thank God, you know, you you hang on, you yeah. win, you get that result. Um, and it was emotional, it was dramatic, it's at home, and you held on. And, yeah. and uh, you know, let's get out of let's here. Let's get out of here. And you hope you... You know, you can't script that. You yeah. can't plan that. You hope you get it right. But, you know, the last year, the LSU game, Bryce Young makes this phenomenal play mm-hmm. late in the ball game, mid-late fourth quarter. I can't remember exactly where it was on the clock. 
but he must have run out of the grasp of about five or six guys that just had him. And he zigs and he zags, and all of a sudden he lets fly with one um, and connects for a touchdown on the play. And in the emotion of the moment, it just pops into my head. You know, I said who had caught it and the score, and I go, Houdini escapes again. Okay, broadcasting-wise, that was, was good. I'm kind of proud of that. Yeah. It was pretty good. But we lose. It's never, that's never going to see the know. light of day again. It's never going to no be glory hurt. for that one. But if, if. I know. You oh. hang on and you go on and win the title and he's a repeat Heisman winner, you know, that sticks around. Yeah. The but way. I have no control of it. Same time, I've heard guys, bless their hearts, that get, you know, you fight your whole career or you hope your whole career. For a moment, mm-hmm. there's one in particular that pops in my head where it got a got a championship moment, and it was it was not what the moment deserved, and it's not what he deserved in that moment. But he he didn't get it right. Yeah. And uh, same time, I've heard I've heard calls from people. Oh, that was great. And I'm like, mm, what are we measuring yeah, that against? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've had it too. I you know Trevor Relliford makes that three-quarter court shot to win over Georgia. And I just screamed, basically. I didn't yeah. call, make a call that was um, that was technically great by any stretch. But, but it, it was in the emotion. Yeah. And people thought it was great because we won and they were happy already. So I get credit for it. Well, yeah, again, you're Don't also a fan. have anything to do with it. That's, right? that's, that's, I know. Been a Bama fan my whole life. They signed the checks now. Why would I not be Even happy better. when it goes well? Um, so today, uh, Coach Saban was also asked about his relationship with Coach Freeze, and it was, you know, an interesting answer. It was courteous. He said, you know, the outcome of the game, outcome of the game is not personal. And I wanted to say most of the time. Most of the time. The, out- the outcome of the game is not personal. It seems as if they do have a mutual respect for one another because Coach Freeze was also very complimentary, saying that whenever you play a Nick Saban team, they're going to tackle well and they're going to have great coverage. It's, um, the, the, these two coaches, this is not a personal game between no. them, but they both understand, obviously, the magnitude and have a respect for the history and the tradition sure. with which this game is. Hugh Freeze has got a rare distinction now. He's beaten Nick Saban twice. Yeah. Very few have beaten him twice, mm, yeah. two years in a row. Now, again, Pamela went on to win the national championship both years, yeah. and Ole Miss didn't even play for the, didn't even win the West and get to Atlanta. So, uh but he did beat him twice. Yeah. So he, he knows the the formula, if you will. Um, you know, can they pull off a couple of tip passes the yeah. way Ole Miss did and fluke things happen for them to win? History says, yes, it yeah. can. With the, the combination of what Hugh Freeze's teams have done and what's happened to Alabama at Auburn, yes, it can absolutely happen again. That's why I won't breathe easy and – until yeah. I'm in the car and I've got it pointed back to Birmingham. Well, and you know, last week, Coach Saban, when he was on uh, Pat McAfee's show, was talking about how your legacy is, comes down to how you finish. Yeah. And, I mean, the first thing I thought of was my beloved Atlanta Braves, who led Major League Baseball and wins the season. Sure. And then, you know, floundered out in the first round of the playoffs. Right. So, for this team, I mean, they're, truly their legacy is they are continuing to dig themselves out and, right. and create... Um, you know, a team that, unlike that we have seen really in recent years where we have watched this team grow throughout the season and not just go and slaughter 
sure. opponents. No, I agree with you, and that's another reason why, on a long list of reasons why I want to see them win this game, yeah. is so that they can they can go to Atlanta, represent the West, and know if you beat Georgia, you're going to have a legitimate claim to being one of the four. Yeah. It's going to be very tough if I'm a voter to sit there and go, okay, neutral site, state of Georgia, city of Atlanta, uh, team that's undefeated and won back-to-back national titles, mm-hmm. and Alabama beat them and lost to a Texas team that was top five most mm-hmm. of the year, but in week two. Again, there's a there's a lot of teams that'll be able to to make an argument mm-hmm. depending on how things play out. Yeah. You know, the the loser of Ohio State, Michigan, if it's a tight ball game, Florida State sitting there with no losses but no quarterback that had led them there. Yeah. You know, can they finish it off, stay perfect, and still have an unblemished record? But everybody under the sun know that they're not the same football team. Um, You know, how do you come up with your four? Right. That's a tough thing. And Alabama, should they beat Georgia, would have a legitimate claim if they take care of business Saturday. Yep. Uh, Does Little Debbie's have uh, a sponsorship with Nick Saban? Because if not, they are missing out on a giant opportunity. Yeah, I don't... uh, Here's the thing. We know after They've probably, yeah, they've uh-huh. probably feel like, you know, we've gotten all this publicity anyway. I mean, they're Little Debbie's. So yeah, Will Ferrell, Little Debbie. Exactly. But, yeah, if I'm in charge of marketing, I'm at least spending that money in Alabama. He talks about everywhere he goes, he talks about it. He's like, I have two for breakfast. I've got the s- best part was when he first used to talk about it. And he goes, yeah, that's what I have. It was the first thing I do every day is eat two Little Debbie's and Let the dog drink out. a cold... Yeah. Drink a day-old cup of coffee, he goes, because it puts me in a bad mood. And it gave him a sadistic, he'd have a sadistic grin, and it was awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so we've got a pretty healthy, I mean, no no significant. As as of our conversation. Yeah, no significant. Yeah, hopefully it stays that way and healthy and go ahead and take care of business. I know, 2.30 kickoff this weekend. Right now, uh, as of beginning of the week, Alabama is a double-digit favorite going into the game. I mean, I think that doesn't surprise anybody. And also, Mm -hmm. even AP poll, uh, no changes when the CFP comes out tomorrow night on Tuesday night. No changes anticipated. Um, Really, everything's going to come down to this weekend with the way, with rivalry rivalry weekend. That's uh, with that coming, there there will be changes. There have to be. Yeah, there's going to be. I'm Georgia Tech's shown the ability to be dangerous. Yeah, and you know, I mean, if, I think we all were looking at Tennessee thinking, yeah. uh, and then, no, Georgia just went in and took care of business. Yeah. Georgia Tech shouldn't be close, but could be. It could be. Um, what does Florida State do mm-hmm. you know, without the guy? They got Florida this week, mm-hmm. right? Um, Michigan, Ohio State, mm-hmm. you know, one's going to probably be, especially if one beats the other badly. Yeah then one's going to be eliminated. The nation wants it to be Michigan to lose, and I understand. Here's the thing. I think if Michigan loses 
by a point on a controversial call, Michigan's out anyway. Yeah. I think they want Michigan out. They want oh. an excuse to drop them out of the top four. And, then, and that would be a legit yeah. opportunity to do so. I think Ohio State loses by one. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm nauseous on the Alabama yeah. side of things. And boy, were we cheering hard for Oregon State last week. That, yeah. was, that, was, the, that was an awful game. It looked, I, I was cold just watching oh, that yeah. game. Uh, but then, obviously, now Oregon State travels to Oregon this weekend with a chance mm-hmm. to knock at least another one a little bit yeah. further than a little bit further behind Alabama. So, uh, definitely scoreboard watching. You will be in. I'll be Dest- in Auburn. Yeah, I'm you'll going be to Destin. Destin Friday night. Yeah. Then headed down to Auburn. Correct. Um, on Saturday, two thirty kickoff for Alabama. Correct. Radio coverage at eleven thirty on the network. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. It's a good one. I mean, it's hard to believe that we're this far already into the season. Yeah. It's how quick it changes. I mean, we were um, I was sitting there thinking as I was waiting on Coach to come in to interview him at Chattanooga, the last home game of the year. I mean, it literally seems like three weeks ago that we were doing You're Middle sweating. Tennessee pregame. Yeah. Um, so. if, if Jalen Milrow has an outstanding game this weekend, does that punch his ticket to New York, or is it going to have to be in the SEC championship? I think two weeks. Yeah. I think definitely. I think two. But I think if he plays at the level he has been and he does it against Georgia yeah. and gets Alabama in the in the playoff, yeah, yeah, I think he's got a great chance. Let's talk about the turnaround that would be. And that's part of the storyline. That's part of why I think it happens. From the goat to the hero. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, well. It is always fun. I love. It. I'm glad that we were able to get this in studio together because we were Me talking too. about possibly having to beam you in from the beach. But hey, go. And you, you're go. more glad because you really just wanted to go to the beach as well. Well, I mean, if, I, if somebody has to sacrifice, I'm willing to do it. Yeah. My kids know how to work the microwave. They'll be fine. So That's right. it's good. Turkey sandwich. It was a turkey at one point. Does it really matter? It does it? They don't really it's like dead. turkey anyway. So okay. just frozen pizza. Hey. Good call. It's a big meal. That's what it is. It's just a big meal. That's right. Okay, so we can't leave without you giving us a very generous and good luck. And hearty. Yes. Hearty. Roll tight, everybody. You can always find him at Chris Stewart online with two S's. Two S's. Uh, and you can find us back here. You can guess the location next week because we don't even know. We get we'll here and they just we just look for two chairs and hope there's a camera set up somewhere. So. That's it. Uh, for Chris Stewart, for Kelly Hunter, for Scott Forrester, for Taylor Korn, for everybody that helps us here on Disrupt, um, for Disrupt the Media and Respect the Process, have a great rest of the week and roll tight, everybody. Tight.